back again with another episode. I've got two wonderful gentlemen in the building with me with another episode of uh, FBL Something. My name's Tolu. I've got with me two very, very, very skilled fantasy players. Uh, one of them on the phone all the way from Toronto area. I've got Sydney in the building. Sydney, how are you doing? I am blessed, man. Good to hang out with you guys today. Yeah, man, that's dope. The welcome, welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast. I've also got Gwenga in the building. Gwenga, how you doing? I'm awesome, man. I'm so excited to be here. Listen done last week, and yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be on today. Just like that, you got promoted. Look at that. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So obviously, uh, in this episode, we're going to be discussing game week eight, and obviously, it's been a very, very interesting episode. First of all, Sydney, how have you been? Like I've been seeing you on this table, my guy. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Share the sauce. Uh, uh, are you the only one playing? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness, you guys are killing me, man. But no, it's been, it's been tough. Yeah, it's actually been a tough season. Um, I and it's crazy because there's some there's some key things that like obviously I I tried to look at this season uh-huh. that seem to be working, but then there are also some moves I didn't make, but they're also working as well, and it's kind of like. You know, like uh, if I had done that, uh, mm. that differently. Yeah. Um, and then there are also some mistakes along the way. Like you know, one key uh, mistake I remember that that Mourinho weekend, man. That weekend, <laughs> Mourinho weekend. Over. <laughs> yeah. And it's just crazy because I think about it now. And it's like if I didn't make those mistakes, I'd have probably been like, like well out of sight at this point. Yeah. Because I took off Son that weekend. Like, I don't know. Yikes. I know it's for a few people that like followed on the group. Uh, mm. I, and I talked about it there. Yeah. But then just for anybody that didn't keep up with that, it was the weekend where Mourinho said, you know, Son wasn't going to play. play. <laughs> so, like, Son, he Son came ID, like, <laughs> oh my his life. God. It was, it was, like, I couldn't believe what was going on. Because yeah. I kept following it, you know, like even the day before, I think, like even the day of, mm-hmm. I remember logging into Fantasy and I saw this guy, he still had the red, um, caution thing on his head. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like, bro, like this guy's not going to play. He's you know, gonna... I took him out. And now the problem yes. was that I made that change midweek. So for guys that are listening, yeah, that was probably like again, like the for the umpteen time. Just <laughs> another reason why you don't want to make changes midweek. Yeah, because yeah. I made that change midweek. Yeah, and the one made it worse was I brought in money, bruh. And I think he didn't now play. I think he had like COVID or something like that. And the money caught COVID. Like, can you, can you, can you, can you, that's, bro, that's like the <laughs> ultimate FBL stop. <laughs> and I'll find that out like on Thursday. I'm like, oh my God. So yeah. now I took a minus and I have to take another minus. Jeez. To take money out and Ouch. I'll go to Mares. Oh my God. Uh. Even then, even then, if not that the devil was just playing with me that weekend, yeah. I could have course corrected back to Stone. But I was like, there was no way Son was going to play. Yeah, so that's why I still went back to Myers. But somehow, like, I don't even understand how yeah. we're here right we're now. Here. But we're yeah. here, Just for those <laughs> listening in, so Sydney's current overall rank is 65,000 in the world out of 7.5 uh, approximately million players. So essentially, Sydney is in the 1% of the 1% at this point, mathematically. Um, so as you can see, as, and as you can hear, um, you can still catch up even if you make mistakes in FPL. And obviously it's still early in the season. It's still just eight weeks in, but, um, obviously Sydney has been able to course correct so far. And obviously he's going to be able to share some tips, uh, in how he's going. Out of the three of us who are speaking right now, Binga actually had the better, or at least the best game week of the three of us. So, um, we're going to let him share some of his own, um, tips so far, uh, in game week eight, Binga had uh, 75 points. Sydney had, I believe 64. And I think I'm the lowest of everyone in there uh, on this call currently at 62. So, um, I'll be letting, letting from these guys in this, <laughs> in this episode, I think. Uh, so obviously Binga. This guy's watching us. This guy's watching us. <laughs> Even when you're tight. <laughs> guys, look at these guys. No, but really, I mean, if we're looking at it, you know, from a numbers perspective, the fact is the fact, like, you know, Benga has got 75 points. He captained Kane. Um, he also had Kufal from West Ham, which is an interesting buy, and I'm hoping he'll share something about that in a second. Uh, he's also got Salah in his team, Son, Grealish, Bamford, obviously, Cover Lewin, and Konza. So, Benga, the floor is yours. How far has your, has your FPL been so far for you? I mean, so far, I'm taking this season seriously. And, and you know, um, I just decided that I will look at the numbers. I won't mm-hmm. just go by what do I like, you know, okay. I, and I've been able to do that, um, successfully up to this point. Mm-hmm. 
uh, looking at my selection process, um, as a defender myself, I know regardless of how great you are, you will concede. Yeah. So I decided not to spend much in that department. And they just go for value. And um, Kufa, Kufa has been my guy. He's been here and there, but uh, he's been delivering. But yeah. just that guy, people don't see as much. Yeah. And um, as Sydney was talking about that game, that, that, that Man City game, uh, sorry, that um, Spurs, game. Spurs game week. Remember we're together that yeah. day and we're just tracking it. And, uh, Bro, man, that game was unreal. <laughs> yeah, it was unreal. Mm-hmm. I think that's what changed it for me because I was on the second page initially. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, actually. It was actually the second page <laughs> of our group chat. Like, it actually was. <laughs> this guy was all the way, he was now nice fifth in the league, uh, currently in the world, 156,000, again, out of 7.5. So still also in the 1%, wow. but you know, like, Again, these are some of the, you know, the comebacks you can make in FPL, right? I feel like that's probably going to be the maybe episode title at this point, like comeback guys. Because quite frankly, Sydney, I know Sydney has always been a really good player. I've seen that we've played this stuff for a long time. And I think this is like the first season where like Sydney is now like early is out the blocks and is shooting well. Because I know Sydney at the end of the season plays like he ends the season really strong. So to see Sydney yeah. starting early and coming out flying almost dangerous. I even like <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous because, you know, it's one of those things. Um, so, yeah. And then obviously on my own side with 62 points, um, I know what killed me. Quite frankly, I didn't believe in Aston Villa's defense, even though I have them. So I have Martinez and I had Consa because obviously, um, and obviously both of them kept clean sheets, but I didn't start them both because I felt um, Arsenal would do something. Even <coughs> though, even though I am, you know, fully points FC for those who listen to the podcast, like I am fully points FC. I, again, I'm not loyal to any team at all. It's all about the points. And uh, up until that point, up until yesterday, Arsenal was actually the best defense in the league. So my my rationale was, okay, if Aston Villa doesn't concede, it's going to be either 0-0 or Arsenal score one stupid goal with a penalty or something like that. So I'm like, okay, let me not take the risk. I'll stick with points FC at Chelsea in defense, double up on Chilwell and Zuma. Kilman against Leicester was a toss-up, but I was like, between Leicester and Arsenal, I felt like I, I Wolves had a better defense and I felt like, okay, I could start them ahead of Aston, Aston Villa, I should say. And then Melier, obviously, because I, I just didn't believe Aston Villa would hold up. And I think they just got entranced by, uh, I think, Southampton or something like that. So I was like, yeah, I'll not start them. But obviously, we have to captain Captain King. Like, I mean, I don't know. Sydney, why are you captaining son? Like, talk, talk to us. What's, what's really up with that? You know what? Uh, part of this actually, like, goes back to my mindset with, like, how I started this season. So just um, to sort of walk you guys through, like, some of my thought processes going into this season, in terms of how I pick my things, I imagine like that's probably what guys want to hear. Um, not so much that I'm first right now, but sort of the, the, the thought processes that went into that. Um, in attack, it was always clear for me that I was going to have a marquee forward, uh, but then have two other, you know, cheaper strikers um, that would sort of flank, you know, that marquee forward. Now, in that position, there was, you know, I had a decision to make between Kane and um, Timo. Um, I've been playing FM for a while, for those who don't know FM's football manager. And um, Simo typically struggles in England for some weird reason, at least in the last FM. So that sort of also helped me lean towards Kane. Um, and for, so for one thing, I knew the start was going to be not as great um, for Simo. And then the, for the other thing with Kane, it was sort of like, you know, usually has the August dip. Yeah. Um, but then because of the week, because of COVID, COVID and all the transitions, I was like, hey, <laughs> this is not in August. So, yeah. Yeah. Cold, this is true. Koda for Captain America. And that was so I was like, man, you know, I'm going to ride the cane wave. And then with Leeds, you know, if you, if you followed um, Bielsa, like you understand that this is a guy that like, he just creates chances. Like it's football very similar to Pep, you know, same school of football. Like they just create chances. So, and it now stands to reason if they create this many chances, then, you know, the striker at some point is going to have to eat, you know, which is what informed the Bamford move. Um, BCL, in all honesty, I didn't start with him. It was one of those bandwagon moves. And I feel like I got on maybe even a little bit too late, even though it's kind of tough to say that. But like, I think I got on like week three or four. Um, but in that position, initially I went to Che Adams, which is now weird because he's now popping. Like, yeah, literally now, you know, the, you know the FPL course now. That's it's when you, you sell him. That's when you start scoring. That's yep. when you remember. That's yeah, when you remember. scoring. But Che, I started the season with Che Adams. You know, I think I gave him two or three weeks. I wasn't getting any production there. 
And as soon as I hopped off, I don't think he has gone any week behind since then, which yeah. is just weird. Yeah. So when I hopped to um, um, BCL, but then, you know, a good shout as well. And at the time I made that decision, another person I was really thinking about, and not because he's getting points right now, is Wilson. Mm. Um, because it's just kind of like the same same rationale. Like Newcastle, they're not a great attacking team, but without their lone person up front over the years, that person just gets goals. Yeah. You know, and I just felt like it's just the thing that they have whether they play long ball, whether they try to build up a little bit, you know, their striker typically, you know, mm. get some goals in there. Yeah. And then in midfield, you know, obviously there has to be that Salah effect. You know, those moves are like, you don't you think know, about like, it. it's kind of like, yeah, you don't think about it. Sometimes you, you like I know and some managers try to like sort of play a little bit smarter with this, but it's like, yo, if you, if you take that risk, you know, and it doesn't pan out for you, you know, you, you you have to, like, you stand to lose a lot. Yep, you get punished. You know, because, yeah, you just get punished and it's really drastic. Um, So Salah, I had to go with him. It was between him and Mane, but I was like, you know, like Salah is, most, is the more selfish guy. Mane is the more clinical, mm-hmm. Um, but but Salah probably shoot more. By far. And just yeah. be in more of those scoring chances. You'll miss way more chances. You'll shoot more, but the numbers suggest you'll probably, you know, get just a little bit more production than Mane would. Yeah. Um, Son, I love Son. Like in my mind, and you know, I'm, I'm probably biased because like I'm a huge Mourinho fan, and I, you know, I support whatever team he manages, mm-hmm. uh, which has really brought me to Spurs. Um, but in my mind, Son is a top five Premier League player, mm. um, just because of his directness and production. Like yeah. he's, he's just one of those guys you can depend on. So for me, Son was a no brainer. Nothing he's doing is a surprise to me. Yeah, there's just sort of the things that I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and going back to like what you asked about why I captain him yeah. going into this season actually one of my strategies um, was to captain a midfielder like every week you really? know? Um, Interesting. For, for some weird reason uh, because typically I'd gone with strikers in the past mm-hmm. but then I just noticed that you know the way the midfield game is these days like these guys are pretty much forwards anyways like if yeah. you followed Spurs this season you'd actually find Son in more goal scoring like uh, like areas and chances, yeah. like a little bit more than Kane has been. Correct. Right? Like, and, and it's similar for United as well. Like you always see those AMs, like they just pop up in those scoring in box, positions. Yeah. So it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, like if you're getting a little bit more returns, mm-hmm. you know, captaining that midfielder, like why not just stick to it? So it's something yeah. I've done, mm-hmm. you know, um, all week, although, I'm reconfiguring that strategy and, yeah. and the reason is because of the guys on this yeah. call. I mean, like <laughs> you know, I mean, 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 I and copy Tolu Arogumati's team <laughs> and just do what he does with. And I'm not joking. Like, I've literally told a couple of my friends this that have struggled over the years and ended up like 30th or 40th. I don't want to call names. You will not lose anything by just going and copying to lose moves. Like, highest thing you'll be off maybe by one or two players mm. or like changes this week. Yeah, so then after he does it, you two just go and cost correct. Like, right. just dedicate the season to, it's almost like guys who, who bet, right? And yep. you have tip stars. And it's like, yo, if you know you waste your money anyway, you might as well just do what your tip star does. So in this case, I'm just telling guys now, like, if you find yourself on page two, a worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that. You have to do that. Yeah, my name dropped. <laughs> because the truth of the matter is whether guys believe it or not I can guarantee that to, I, can't, I can't even guarantee myself what I'm doing yeah. right now like Tulu had highlighted is really unusual because I'm a late riser but mm. like this one like starting out like, I even feel weird like it's like you know mm. like what What's is going this on? what yeah. is this thing with your head like what's going on yeah. but for guys that don't know Tulu and I sing it everywhere. I tell everywhere, everywhere <laughs> I go. So it's going to finish top five. So you have nothing to lose. It's still LEDs. You're going into week nine. 
like your season has already tanked anyways, you might as well. I mean, man, that's how it is, man. Now you will lie. Let's go back again to my to my strategies. Yeah. Um, one thing I actually noticed, and this one wasn't like a preseason move, this was really when the season started. Is yeah. I don't know that we give Grealish enough praise. Right. Like yeah. Jack Grealish is a hell of a baller. He really like, is. He really he, is. Even when I watch him against Arsenal again, like, and it's not so much about the things like he do, like he doesn't do so much on the ball. Yeah. But if you watch Grealish, you know, like off the ball, you can really see like the way he thinks about the game. You know, yeah. like he's a really intelligent player, and he shows on the pitch. He, he, he shows. He really does. He the really balls does. he plays. Like he doesn't do too much. Mm-hmm. You know. And like I just like I I really caught on to that like early like I've seen it but like I usually doubt him like over the past um, few years yeah. but this season I was like no that's something I'm not doing mm-hmm. like I'm hopping on Grealish and I'm going yeah. to stick to this guy. The um, Zaha move is informed by you know Palace's um, you know um, formation. Yeah. Um, with him He's playing up striker top, now. Yeah. And you know having the midfield sort of um, rating on 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 FPL. Kind of like last season with, um, I think it was Lundstrom. Yes, it was Lundstrom that was the better player. Yeah, because it was a defender exactly. who was playing so as a striker, a, pretty much. Pretty much, you know. Yeah. So it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, it's not going to bang every week, but over the course of the season, like, mm-hmm. you know, he will just find himself as a streaky, he can win mm-hmm. penalties, you know, mm-hmm. he can be direct on some days, like on a good day, on a good direct Zahar day, yeah. he can just get two goals out of it, you know. Yeah, for sure. So that one has been in there. Chill well. Before he actually started, like before he played his first game for Chua, for Chelsea, rather, it was one of those moves that I just saw, like just being a banger, you know, mm-hmm. like it was just one of those moves where, it was like, man, this guy is going to be attacking nonstop. Mm-hmm. And the reason I didn't actually start him before that week was because I wasn't sure if Lampard would, you know, I wasn't okay. sure if it was going to like put him in coming back from an injury or if he would like delay a little bit and then boom first game he comes scored. in yeah. I think he even got like he scored got like 9 points or something so after yeah. that it was a no brainer for two worlds like you know this guy needs to be in there on the other side like Tolu had mentioned with Bellerin um, and Arsenal's defense really that, that one's informed by Arsenal's defense but the fact that Bellerin you know first of all um, Ateta was playing the 3-4-3 mm-hmm. and um, Bellerin would really find himself in a lot of like really good attacking positions, Correct. you know, like sort of in right midfield. Mm-hmm. And even when he switched to a back four, it hasn't really affected Bellerin that much. Correct. You know, he still like gets forward, you know, like last game as well, he, he still got into some good positions. Like I remember one chance that he had where he could, like he had just drifted in from the right wing, he could have shot and possibly scored. Yeah. And he just decided to like play, like I think it was a, like a, a back pass or something. Mm-hmm. Like he just played one weird ball that, yeah. I was just dumbfounded as to why he didn't shoot because yeah. the goalie probably would have well, expected it. Correct. And he was pretty much inside his 60-yard box. Like, I just mm. didn't, I just didn't yeah. get that one. Bellerin isn't confident and in then Reguillon, front of all, generally. Reguillon so. is probably a risk, you know, for because, again, this is one of those moves you make when you're, you're biased. You know, yeah. you like a you team. You like a team, so you buy like it, yeah. To be there. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but tripling on any team, I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. But I do it because, again, Yes, like my guy. three defenders are sort of the same mode of guys. Mm-hmm. They're really just attacking, yeah. full back. Mm-hmm. You know, I went with that strategy this season as opposed, like in, in previous years, it was more so like who are the big tiring center backs, you know. And exactly. if I came in with that strategy this season, I would have had Zuma. Yeah. You know, but coming in this season, I had a different strategy around like wing back, constantly attacking, mm. you know, not really expecting them to score. But seeing that they can often find that assist, like yeah, you know, Reguilón yeah, plays a fantastic ball. Yeah, like he's really good. Yeah, his is amazing. You know, so it's like one of these guys, week in week out, I can almost bet that one mm. of them at any given point will provide me an assist in a game week. Yeah, you know, so that's the strategy there. And then in goal, I actually did, and I was talking to um, Bora about this earlier on this week. I actually overdid this week. And you know, there's sometimes like FPL managers, you know this. When like you feel like you're at the top, or like you feel like you're you're doing well, mm-hmm. and you just start thinking things you don't need you to do, think yeah, You don't need to, yeah. You don't need to move. Yep, yep. Just unnecessary moves. So, mm-hmm. say for example, if you look at my previous week, um, before this week, yeah. game week seven, yeah, I had Martinez in goal. Yes, yes, you did. Right, and then I had you... Martinez in goal, and then I had Matati as a backup. Now these two, these two guys had been perfect with. I'm like, yo, I'm going to go the whole season with these guys because. 
it really doesn't matter to me. I don't like to spend up to five million in the goalkeeper spot. Correct. And these two guys, it almost feels like one week, you like can play one, one week or the other. in, one week out, somebody is going to have either a clean sheet or make decent enough and saves to bring back some point return. Exactly, exactly. You know, so and that strategy was working fine. There was no reason for me to change it. And then you went I was just watching, many. you know, one of all these like FPL analysis. I think it was the one with Ian Wright, and mm-hmm. they're just talking about like you know, Mendy five straight clean sheets. But I like and for some reason that just kept on replaying in my head. <laughs> you got greedy. I just got greedy <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Like, the strategy I had was working fine, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go, you know, get this guy in for no reason, mm-hmm. and I did that. And it cost me, you see, you know, because this week, um, Martinez kept his clean sheet, yep, and McCarthy kept oh, his so, clean sheet. So any of them would have been so, fine. Any of them would have been fine, and yep. I literally just went, wasted the transfer that I will most likely need after this international break. Oh yes, because um, I I've been trying to save it. I went and now use the two of them. Um, to bring in, I can't remember the second person I brought in. Actually. I believe it was Jota you brought in as a um, second person. It was Jota, it was Jota, it was yeah. Jota, yeah. It was Jota. Um, but yeah, I should have made the goalkeeping move, bad move. Yeah. But, you know, I guess it's a long-term game, so it's not like yeah. I feel bad about it long-term, but I just feel bad about the fact that I, I, I drifted away from my principles mm-hmm. and brought in a goalie above 5 million. And while I really didn't need to because the other two goalies once again, Prove to me that they're good enough to go to this. So, that's good. I mean, that's that's a, honestly like a very detailed breakdown of every player on the team. And I like that. Like, I also like that you also play three four three. I think that's a proven formation that works quite well. Um, obviously, we're going to get back to the point you made about you know people copying my team. That's high praise. I've seen someone actually <laughs> you know mention his uh, his team was uh, do we just pay Tolo something like that? And I was like, <laughs> I think that was the first time I saw someone actually use my name in their team. And I'm like, yo, you know what? I am. <laughs> I'm flawed by this, but uh, I thank you, I guess, you know, like, um, yeah, it is a weird thing to hear that obviously you're that good, obviously, but I think it is one of those things as well that I take um, quite seriously. I think I take FBO quite seriously and I always try to make it fun for others as well. Um, and, you know, like have something to aim for. So like, okay, last, last, try to beat me. If you you're know, not going to do anything you know else. To, yeah. To add to this story as well, you know, because a lot of people like, they might hear that and think, oh, it's probably misplaced. Yeah. But for guys who don't know, um, I think for the last, this is probably my fifth or sixth year hosting this. Yeah. Um, the FPL um, League. And um, I know the first time, I think for the first couple of years, actually it was free. Free, yes. Um, but um, I know that one thing that has been consistent is in the last four years, Tulu has won three out of the four years. Confirm. Um, <laughs> Confirm. And, 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 and for people who don't know, for people who don't, and I, and I tell, and I, I'm, I share these details with like my friends, but for people that are just joining on the call, the year Tolu didn't win, this is what happened. I reached out to Tolu that year and I said, ah, Tolu, like, you know, FPL, we moved. And this was the year he had just been um, admitted into Queen yeah. uh, for his master's, his MBA, I believe. And um, he told me, man, it's going to be a rough year for me. Like, you know, I'm going to be busy doing schoolwork. So, like, I don't think I can play this year. Like, honestly, yeah. that was what he said. You know, and then, but he was just like, you know what, like, as, like, just for the spirit of the game, like, I'll still just, you know, donate or, like, you know, buy into the thing, even though I'm not going to follow it religiously, just because, like, I win, like, other times when I'm serious. So even now, like, you know, like, somebody else should get the opportunity to win. Yeah. And I thought that was really, like, like, I really, really respected that move. I thought, like, that's what a champion is made of. Yeah, because he knew he didn't need to do it. He did it. And that was the only reason, and I tell guys, because they're like, ah, oh, if it's that good, then why didn't he win? I'm like, listen, the only reason this guy didn't win that year was because he told me ahead of time. And it's different <laughs> from like when guys start like seeing like their season going into the dust and they're yeah. like, oh, bro, I'm not taking this season seriously. No, 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 this is not that. Yeah. This guy told me ahead of time that you were like, you know, I'm not going to have time for FPL this year. Yeah. And true to his word, he didn't have time. But this was what happened. And it was like mid-season you know, in the chat and I feel like some guys just say talking shit, <laughs> you know, like calling to look out. Like, I think at that time it was even out of like top 20 or something. Yeah. They're like, ah, like this guy, like, ah, this year, you're trash or something. Man, I could, I, like, I wasn't with Tolu. We've never spoken about this moment, but this is what I feel happened. I feel like for maybe some like eight weeks or something, this guy just dialed in. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like let me just, let me just put an end to all these Mark talk yeah. and next thing I saw this guy just rising <laughs> like it was like from out of 20 into top 20 into top 15 into top 10 
And I can't remember what he finished up that year, but yeah. I know that like I was just really impressed with the surge. And um, just so guys know that when I tell you, like, literally, this is a tip, I'm not just, you know, saying that for, for you know, but for stuff. BS sake. Yeah. But, like, that is leg- is a legit tip <laughs> to actually build your team around. <laughs> so Yo, man. Yo, man. Uh, I mean, again, I'm, I'm really, I'm really flawed by that. But uh, it's one of those things, right? Like, I think for me, when I, when I play FPL, like, obviously, there's the eye test you have to check. And then, obviously, the stats... Uh, test you also have to look into. Um, it's one of those things you look at people who are really interested. Like, I think one of the things Sydney has also said already is if you look at Salah, he's always trying to score at any given point. Uh, even when the game is done, he's yeah. still trying to score. So there's that. Um, one of the things you've also mentioned that I do want to reiterate is well, the captaining um, midfielders is actually a legit strategy because if you look at the scoring metric um, for, for midfielders, you get an extra point for every goal. Uh, midfielders are also yeah. most likely to make passes as well. So that means they are also more likely to get more bonus points. Um, because of the BPS uh, involvement rate. Um, yeah. And then there's also the clean sheets point that they also get. So if their team, if they score and their team keeps a clean sheets, they get an extra point. So captaining midfield is actually a legit strategy. Um, I think people should almost consider that a little bit more um, and maybe even skew their captain's interests towards that. It's just strikers are just required to score. Like literally as a striker, that's all, that's your job. You have one job. You have one <laughs> Right? So you have one one job. So we'll let Bengas obviously share his own team. And we're looking at obviously his own 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, just give yeah. us some of your own uh, opportunities to share what, what you've decided in terms of how you're picking players. Yeah, thanks for... Um Thanks for sharing, Sydney. I was even taking notes, and you let uh, my you let my big you let my big secret out. Oh, you are doing what? You are doing what? <laughs> oh man! At beginning of every season, I I go meet Tolu. Tolu, Alpha, who do I buy? Who do I put in my team? It's not that. It's not that I'm trying to be like I know these guys now, nah. and you know over time we just talk about it, and then even informs my weekly. Um, transfer. So, copy into Lou. <laughs> I approve that message. <laughs> it works. It works. Yeah. Uh, going to and the way I select players, um, I always want to have a third striker. So, instead of just having two, last year I was more heavy on the midfielders and I used to captain them. But this year I decided that, you know what? Nobody is keeping clean sheet. Midfielders are getting injured here and there. I mean, with J-Rods and... Um, Apparently Sonda, yes. I was like, you know what? I'll just keep my captaincy on um, strikers. However, last week I decided to pull uh, one of those um, moments when I looked at Zuma, what he had been doing in the past two weeks, and I decided, let me cap this guy. And he was my captain until 11.45 on Friday. (laughs) 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 And why did I change? Why did I change Zuma? Because I felt, okay, Zuma has been your nine points, 14 points. He might just give us another repeat. And that would be, you know, points from people that captained him. And not many people would do that. But then, listening to the podcast, he was talking about Captain King. And I'm like, yeah, everyone Captain King will get the same point. I'm trying to, you know, yeah. get extra points. Then I tried to change it to get Son. Ahead. Exactly. I was trying to get ahead. So I had three choices, Son, Salah, or King. And I looked at what Jota is doing. I said, I don't know. Salah might, might not. Or Kane, Son. Okay, I'll just leave it on Kane. Because, I mean, last, last, Kane will have an assist if he doesn't score. So I decided to leave my captaincy on Kane. And uh, Captain Kim came through. Uh, looking at my team overall, and when I started the season, um, I didn't have many of these players. Was that, um, was that international break? Yeah, international break, yeah. Yeah. Right. And Tolu calls me out all the time. Every every year I give FPL back their, <laughs> all their, all their chips. This guy just never like. So for those who, who who are just looking at it, right? So fantasy, you have three chips you ha- you can use at any points to boost your uh your your players or your your team for that week. And obviously one of them is bench boost, so that means you play all your bench players at the same time as your eleven. You got triple captain, that means your captain is still getting double points, gets triple points, and then you also got free hits, which means you get a free transfer for that week and everybody will come back. Winger like regularly. Regularly, we'll say, FPL, I'm not using. I'm not me. I'm not doing. Please keep your chair. No, I, I actually use my triple cap. I use my triple cap and I use it on people that only have two points. <laughs> that, that's the cost of the triple cap. Bro. The triple cap is, a, is a wild, a wild, wild one. So. Yeah. It's an interesting way that Benga picks his team. And every time I look at it, he's he has a certain core of players that he likes and he keeps too. 
And then there are some more just like, well, why would you pick this guy? So for example, one of the ones right while we're on this call, this guy picked Keen. Um, obviously that guy's on the bench for now, but he just go Declan Rice. That's an interesting pick because Declan That's Rice so is- interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like as a midfielder, he's 4.8 or at least maybe five. I think when he started at five. So he's not a defender, so you won't get the defensive points. Mm-hmm. He's not a DM. I mean, he's a DM by play, but like, he's not like a 4.5 DM that you don't need the 0.5 to buy another player. So mm-hmm. why would you have a Declan Rice? You see what I'm saying? That's, that's, a good question. that's a good question. It is a good question. I like the guy. I like his voice. <laughs> I like, I, like the, I just like the guy. Do you get and I know I, sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. 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 Like, buying Zuma was because Chelsea got Thiago Silva. Yeah. And I know that Chelsea needed leadership in that defense mm-hmm. and Thiago Silva just unlocked this guy. Mm-hmm. And that's why Azuma is like, you know, is looking good. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't popping, yeah, I think I might still have kept him. So looking at my selection process. Like that's the kind of move that you can make. Uh, and those are some moves that you make when you're really a fan of the club. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like just that level of detail that like, you know, if Chelsea brings in a leader, it will mm-hmm. unlock someone like Zuma. Like I, God knows I haven't even considered that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's clearly a tactic that seems to be working exactly a different zuma you know exactly yeah. and, he's, just, and he's playing he's very very well very well like he's also scoring yeah. i think yeah. i think in the number of games he's played he's almost like been the highest scoring defender other than the game where chilwell came in and scored and got all the bonus points um, um zuma has actually outscored all the defenders in chelsea and i think he's also the highest defender currently in the game so it is true that Zuma has played on a different level since Thiago Silva has come in and he's also played on a different level just point blank period. Um, he's got more goals already than any other season. Yeah, because of set pieces, he's great at that. Right, he's already scored three goals in eight games. That's, his, that's more goals than at any other Premier League season, period. So if you already have that production out of eight games, you can if you spread that and project that over the next 30, then Zuma really should be a must buy at this point. Um, so I, I know obviously it's international break, um, and I mean, there's another extra week for us to, you know, think our teams and what have you. I'm just curious, um, any transfers you guys are considering making going forward? Um, obviously looking at your team currently and looking at the game weeks to come, one of them I'm looking at, especially from Sydney's team is Spurs. Are you looking at changing any of your three players from Spurs? Because, you know, the run of fixtures that they have coming just looks mighty dangerous. Um, they've got Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal Palace in between, but then it's Liverpool and Leicester in the next six are you looking to make any yeah, changes on that? It's, it's going to be it's going to be a bloody set of games coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I can assure people is I will not be changing Kane or Son. Those two will remain. Um, I might look into changing Reguilon just because you know in those run of games goals will be considered, you know, for a fact. So and to just hope on the fact that he'll go forward and get you know assist points. Um, or goal is um, is a long shot, really. Um, so, but then again, that's where I I also look at my bench and see you know how to sort of rotate a little bit um, and get you know Justin in uh, for some of those games. Um, another thing I've looked at is also you know like some of the changes I'm thinking of making. Um, just so that like when I make those changes, it's not like uh, like I, I'm I'm free with this stuff. Like I share this stuff, it's not a big deal for me. But, um, you know, I'm looking at Aston Villa defenders, um, picking up one of them. Mings, actually, in, in, in a lot of ways, he mirrors the same things that Zuma does. Um, he scores, he gets clean sheets as well. And just a tiring centre-back, same mode, and I've been very impressed with him. So I have my eye on Mings. Um, Vestergaard is also starting to do the exact same thing for Southampton as well. And is a, a double conundrum because... Uh, you know, they have what Prowse who delivers probably the best set piece taker in the Premier League, um, in, in my mind, up, up there with um, um, Trent. But I think even better than Trent. Yeah, Trent um, is so also injured as well. He's a deadly ball. Exactly. He in a deadly ball. And this guy is just like, was that guy from Game of Thrones? Really, the mounts. <laughs> the that, that huge guy. Yeah. Bro, the hound. Mm-hmm, the hound. This guy looks just like that. Like, literally, when I'm watching him play, like, whenever there's a set, it feels like he's the only person I've seen inside the box. And it's like, mm-hmm. bro, this guy's going to do something. Like, his head is just going to start the ball somehow. Mm-hmm. Whether he nods it in or he nods it to somebody else, like, you know, a striker or another player who just um, puts it in. Um, so because of that, I'm also looking at him. But the reason I haven't made these moves, just as I discussed earlier, is because 
my strategy this season was a bit different, was more wing back as opposed to towering center back. Mm-hmm. But that could still change. Yeah. Um, another person who's, who aligns with my principles actually is Cresswell. Um, similarly to like my, my left back, right back, you know, attacking wing back um, players that I'm really interested in this year. He's, 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 um, he's looking really good as well. Every West Ham game I've watched, it feels like Cresswell from like three years ago. There was a year on FBA where it was really good. Mm-hmm. I can't remember whether it was three or four years ago. Um, uh, I remember the Adelis, who are also really good at fantasy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that they patronized him a lot back then. I don't know why I remember <laughs> random things. Like, but I just remember that he used to be on their teams. He used to be on their teams back in the day. Another thing I've really struggled with is finding a place for Fernandez. Mm. And I feel like I need help with this portion of it because it's like you. Every time I watch it, like even before this week, I was you know I was talking to Bora as well, and you know I was, I was telling him, man, this is one guy because you're showing me his team. I was like, you know, what do you think? And I was like, man, this is a solid team. Mm. The only player from your team I wish I had this week was Fernandez, and this was before the game. Mm. You know, like I feel like he's just that player that makes the difference. But when I look at my team. And the balance that I need to achieve there is almost impossible to find a spot for him, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm really struggling. Like I feel like I need to get him in, but I can't get him in and drop Salah. I don't see myself doing that. I can't get him in and drop Son because in my eyes, Son is pretty much a striker that Mourinho will never sub unless Son literally waves to him and says, "You take me out." Mourinho will never sub Son because he gives him everything he wants from a player. He gives him effort. He gives him directness. He's constant. He's unselfish. You know, like he's he's just a team player. Yes, he is. You know, so um, because of that, I know like he's a staple on the team. You know, people are talking to me about oh, but when Bill starts, he won't be performing well and all that. I don't buy into that notion. Yeah. Um, I think he'll still do what he does. This weekend, he should have scored. He really he should. Just dwelled on the ball for so long, like which was unusual for him because I figured he doesn't even get in those type of um, situations. So, um, but yeah, I don't see myself taking him out either. So that is one head scratcher for me. I'm looking to, so when you guys watch this video or listen to this podcast, rather, uh, if you can provide some pointers on how I can do that, <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. I, mean, I yeah, really yeah. want to get him into my team. Yeah. Um, there's also a shout for like getting um, J-Rod back into the team. Yeah. And I don't know how I would do that. Like, Hamed is a special player, but like, at the Where risk of who? Dropping Grealish or dropping Zaha? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't know. Like, I don't know how to go about that. Mm-hmm. I feel like for that one, I need to consult Faye. Um, mm-hmm. For you guys who don't know Faye, Faye is, is in the league as well. Yeah. But for the one thing I've noticed about his strategy is his captaincy choices are always interesting. Mm. If you study his team, and I do this a lot, you know, and it, I feel like it comes from an admin point of view. Yeah. But every single week, I probably spend about 30 minutes just studying people's team. Yeah. You know, like I go from like maybe one to 20, 25, yeah. you know, and I just study trends and study mm. people's decision making. Um, but, you know, with him, he always captains somebody different each week. And mm. it's always interesting. And yeah. most times he gets them right. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one with James, he got right. There was one with Timo, he got right. Um, and he, he does that. So for me, I feel like I have to lean in and, you know, shout to him and be like, yo, like, what week is this James guy getting to start popping up? Yeah. You know, to get this guy in because I know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I've also considered Wu's defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I like, you know, the size, the Semedo against Semedo goes into my principles and aligns yeah, the wing very back well with my, my top forces around the wing back, attacking, mm-hmm. you know, and also with the likelihood of getting a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Like those are the two, you know, um, sides of that coin that I always look at. Yeah. Like can they attack and they get an assist, but then can they also get that clean sheet that's required? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the things I'm really thinking of moving forward. Obviously, I know I have to make only one change, yeah. but this is literally where my mind okay. is at, and these are the things I'm brainstorming on. Interesting. Yeah, I like, I like, I like that that thought process. I think is also um, one of the things I picked up on. Obviously, was phase captaincy choices, which is actually is actually something that I've looked at as, um, in, the, in the group chat just for those who are listening in. Uh, his team name is F9, so um, he usually does make a very um, what's it called uh, out of the ordinary captaincy choices. That's what he does, and I think that's his strategy. 
Um, certainly, yeah. every time I look at his team as well, he's always captaining someone different. Um, he goes against the grain. Obviously, high risk, high reward kind of situation where like, if it doesn't pan out, exactly. you're the only one dropping. You know, if it pans out, you're the only <laughs> yeah, one grinding. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's, that's the only problem with, with that kind of strategy. But again, in game weeks where like a lot of players do not pop, it works out, right? But in a game week where Harry King goes off or in a game week where Son goes off, it won't work. Um, so that's the only exactly. thing you have to, um, on average, hope that you are against. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. the only thing. But I, I, I do like that because I know there's some game weeks where you do need to take um, that risk. So, for example, this current game week that's coming uh, after the international break, I think we'll have another episode right out before that just to have some time to look at the data. But um, this current game week that's coming, um, we look at, for example, there's no many tough fixtures. For example, Vardy is playing um, Leicester. So um, that is going to be a difficult game. I think Leicester has a dark horse chance. So you can either captain like a Vardy, you can captain Salah. I think Liverpool obviously tried to score, but the problem is Liverpool mm. have a terrible defense and also um gomez is now also injured so they are without injured, gomez they yeah. are without van dyke so i mean I, I i see goals in that game um but at the same yeah, time to live up can... the guys to capitalize exactly um manchester city is playing spurs so you, if you captain kane or son this is a, probably a, a difficult game week to do that um spurs are at home so you would imagine that spurs are probably with the advantage but um you know it can go either way because it's pep at the end of the day pep and Mourinho don't really you know they mix. don't mix they never did you know so pep pep might i'm sorry jose Mourinho might decide you can, I'm, I'm packing the bus because you know obviously Mourinho thing is don't lose first of all and then anything else after that is good and obviously because they are so high up on the table and they're flying really high this season you can just say you know what, if we get one point here that's cool we can beat everybody else so that may be a strategy he employs in the game um uh so this is a game week obviously to to try something different something special um just for obviously for for just if you're tossing ideas out there this is a game week i'm looking at playing five defenders and i think i've never actually done that in fantasy ever before and this is a game week where i'm looking wow. at that um you know i think some of the ideas I'm looking at in terms of uh, transfers, I'm looking at um, introducing a West Ham defender. I think West Ham has come off their um, run incredibly well. Um, they played Leicester, Tottenham, Manchester City, um, Liverpool, and I believe they've also played Arsenal already. And in that span, they've essentially held up, right? They didn't, they didn't concede that many. I thought they would concede a lot of goals, but they've actually played quite well. And obviously now they've kept the clean sheet against Fulham. And I think in terms of looking forward, they've got Sheffield, Aston Villa to go. And obviously for me, I don't currently rate Manchester United at the level they should be at simply because they're not playing well on yeah. that Ole. So for me, even though the difficulty rating for the Manchester United game is four, in my eyes, I would adjust that to a two. Um, and again, simply, it's not, it's not disrespect to Manchester United. It's just the way they're playing, the way they're playing, Say and they are away to West Ham. It's just, it's just it's what it is. Like, you don't know what Manchester United is going to get. The one that's playing PSG well, or the one that's going to come, come home and just look like I see they are shameful. Like, I don't know which one I'm going to get, but I'm going to lean on exactly. Manchester United not playing very well. So I'm going to go and probably recruit a West Ham um, defender. So for those looking at them, I think Kufal is a good shout. Masuaku is a good shout. Chris Creswell is a good shout. So for those who are looking at things like that. Um, if you are looking, uh, another transfer I'm looking at bringing in is Ziek. I think Ziek's involvement mm. since joining, um, at least since playing, since he started, is actually quite unreal. Um, he's what's assisted three goals already and scored one um, in the last yeah. seven or something like that. So, um, and he's got maximum bonus points in the last two games. So for me, that is, again, Point FC. Once you mm -hmm. have joined and signed for Point FC, it's time to go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Point FC, quite frankly, like, I'm not a Chelsea fan. I'm not, uh, you know, like, whatever. But, like, these Chelsea guys seem very interested. We are still taking applications. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm cool. Are you sure? <laughs> that, that jersey, I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't with that jersey, I'm sorry. <laughs> that jersey is not it. Now, my um, jersey. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but a little quick question, yeah. quick question with regards to that move. And, yeah. you know, it's probably a move that some other people have looked at making mm -hmm. and I, I've looked at that move as well but the thing that sort of holds me back mm -hmm. is the competition for places within that Chelsea midfield yeah you know you have Pulisic in there you have mm -hmm. Ziyech in there mm -hmm. you have Havertz um, Kai Supreme Kai in there yeah and then Mount have, as well um, Mount there's Mount that will always play doesn't Standard. matter what's going on in the world Standard yeah. Mount that's guy. always yeah. Standard like Lampard just loves Mount yeah so you always know he's going to be in there. But the funny thing is, he won't even get you points. So you'll just be there. You'll be like, there, for sure. Like you, you have point returns. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's held me back a little bit. What would you say to owners who are considering, you know, ZH, but then they're like, hmm, he may not. you know, like he could play 50, 60 minutes and get pulled off or something yeah. and doesn't contribute by that time. 
because Lampard wants to give playing time to his midfielders as well. Yeah. Like, what do you say to those guys? I mean, I mean, fortune favors the bold, right? You have to make some some moves at some point in the season, and it's better you make them early than late in the season. I think, mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. when when you're playing the game, what you want to do early is take a chance on players who move in terms of their value and players who are relatively unknown. You want to take chances on those guys early in the season because, and the thing you also need to think about in fantasy, right? Um, and they, they always say it all the time whenever they are doing um, analysis, you know, form, um, form is temporary, class is permanent. Yeah. So those guys that have class, obviously you want to roll into them in the, in the middle of the season and towards the end. But at the beginning of the season, you want yeah. to take your chances. Take your chances with a bunch of guys. Ziek is one of those guys that is looking like you want to take a chance on him. Like, give him a chance. Let's see what he's doing. Um, I think, obviously, I think, what, what team does he play for in the international team? Uh, Ziek, is it Morocco? Morocco. Morocco, I believe it's Morocco. Morocco exactly. Yeah. So Morocco's games are not going to be intense. Morocco's games, he's going to be well-rested compared to the rest of the European team, his European teammates. So he's most likely to be fresh. Yeah. But the thing is this, when these players go play international duty, especially mm. African players, they... There's a high risk of injury. There is. But again, African players usually are well protected in general compared to True. their European teammates. Their European teammates usually for them is, is close by, so they're going to play a lot of uh, games. But someone like Ezek would yeah. decide he's not going. For example, Obama didn't report for Gabon. Um, things like that. So a lot of those guys, African <laughs> players, it's, it's one of those things, right? You have to consider those things when you're looking at players. So Ziek will likely not even feature. Uh, I haven't, obviously, I haven't looked into his, his playing currently, but I'm pretty sure he will probably won't feature against for Morocco in the international game week. Um, and then he will be most fresh. Mount is going to play or go to the England game. Uh, obviously, Werner is going to go and join the Germany team. All these guys are going to go. Um, and if Ziek is rested, that means he automatically gets free opportunity to start and he's also currently on form so i feel like lampard isn't going to risk him unless there's an injury or a uefa game comes in play where it's like okay let me rest him and protect him for the next game and i think he's shown so far that since joining liverpool i'm sorry i said liverpool chelsea has been in free flow like obviously they've been scoring quite well but literally since he's there i think the only game they haven't scored in is manchester united so that shows you and even in that one i think he only played nine minutes so again that shows you like his ability to add to the firepower at Chelsea. And I think for now, he's probably the asset to have if you're not going to get Werner. If you're not going to buy Werner, I think Ziyech is the other guy to go for currently. I would not touch Tammy Abraham. As much no. as I like him, I would not touch him. Mount, I would not touch as well. Even though he, again, he will play, he will get 19 minutes. But if you only want two points out of someone like that expensive, great. <laughs> yeah. But I would not buy Mount at all. Um, Pulisic is... You know, at this point, looking at the new Van Persie, like talented glass, because Jeez, this boy yeah. will play and then he is injured and is 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 looking that way currently. But um, again, that's why I wouldn't touch Pulisic. Um, Kai is is I mean, it's Kai, Supreme Kai. But until he starts joining Points FC, you have to you have to you have to do the needful. <laughs> Points FC, man. Until yeah. it's time for Points FC, you just have to do the needful. Now again, there's also the fallacy that you know the hot hand fallacy where like someone that's scoring will continue scoring. Sorry, you want you want to avoid that and look backwards and say, okay, this starts, but when you look at the way Ziek is also playing, the eye test tells you that this guy is interested. He's interested. Yeah. He's trying to get the ball at any point. He's trying to wave the ball in. I remember and the, Dan, that guy has a golden left foot. Exactly. From any exactly. angle. Yeah. So you have to look at that part as well. Like the stats tell you one story, but the eye test tells you another. And I think the eye test yeah, passes with flying colors. So you have to do what you have to do. You do the needful. That's just how I see it. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at um, Chelsea midfielders and to be honest, it's difficult to select, to pick a midfielder and like, um, Sydney just said, no, who do you go for? And the way Lampard has that option to rotate, he just plays whoever. There are some constant guys like um, Kante will play deep or, yeah, I think he's been playing ahead of Jorginho. And then who else do you bring in? Mount will play. Ziyech looks like he will play now. However, I'm a patient guy, so I'll wait till he's done his international duty to either pick him or drop him. But looking at um, the way me approach this thing, I'm looking at it from a value perspective. Ross Barkley has been interesting me for a while, and he's somebody that Ooh. is just six, uh, is just six point He will give me more money to be able to buy uh, what's his name, Vardy, because right now I can't aff- I can't afford with Vardy when my team is set up. So you know, sell somebody who likes Zaha. For Ross, is a is a risk I'm willing to take, and then use that extra money to actually sell maybe Bamford and then buy um, Vardy. So that's that's the way I'm approaching my midfield. And um, um, Aston Villa is a team many guys have not really focused on, and I believe you can actually get cheaper midfielders. It would actually give you some value. And if you are somebody like me who wants to stock up on strikers, you can actually buy it that way. Mm-hmm. 
even though you miss on the ZX and the uh, habits of this world, but when we are there, there are things to balance. Abi, to balance. So uh, right as we close off this episode, um, I just want to quickly run through some teams that um, you may want to consider looking at their players because obviously you've heard from all of us in terms of players we're looking at. But for those who want to make their own independent decisions and just, you know, some advice in terms of teams to look at over the next five because it's a national break. Um, one of the teams you want to look at would be West Ham, West Ham in terms of the next run of fixtures over the next five. So they've got Sheffield, Aston Villa, Manchester United, Leeds and Crystal Palace. I think those are all at least drawable for all of them. They can then obviously go on to win. I think the Sheffield game is an easy win. I think Crystal Palace is also an easy win, in my view. Um, but then the Leeds game, the Manchester United game will be relatively tough. I think Aston Villa will probably end as a draw. Um, another team to look at would then also be Everton over the next five. Um, they've got Fulham, Leeds, Burnley, Chelsea and Leicester. Obviously Chelsea and Leicester are difficult games, but they should have Richarlison back. Everton has still not won a game with Richarlison out. So since he's joined two years ago, Everton has not won a Premier League game without Richarlison. So he should be back. I think Fulham is an easy game. Leeds is, an, is a winnable game, not easy necessarily. But Burnley will probably come to defend. Chelsea will be an all-out attack. And I think Leicester is also going to be a tough test. So something to look at there. Crystal Palace is another um, team to look at for the next five. They've got Burnley, Newcastle, West Brom, Tottenham and West Ham. I think um, the Tottenham game is going to is an L in my view. But Crystal Palace will likely come in and set up shop just to um, go for the draw. So that is essentially another game they can look at. Um, another team to look out for for the next five as you look into the national break. Chelsea, um, they've got Newcastle, Tottenham, Leeds, Everton and Wolves. Um, the Newcastle game I think is winnable. Tottenham is going to be a you know an all-out brawl. But again, that is one that they can draw or win depending on what Tottenham team shows up. Leeds is going to be again an all-out game because Leeds don't know how to defend at this point and they don't even mind. They just try to score at all points. Uh, Everton is one of those games that's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a tactical battle, but again, Chelsea can win it. Wolves is a team to look out for, but I think Chelsea has the firepower. Um, and then if you're looking at another team, just the last team, I think that I'll suggest picking teams, um, picking players for would be Aston Villa, where you have Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, and Burnley. So obviously, again, Aston Villa has shown that they can defend uh, when they need to, and they can also take it to big teams whenever they do um, require the um, the enthusiasm. So the West Ham game and Wolves are probably the only two difficult games in the um, next five for them. And again, those are winnable games considering they have beaten now Liverpool and Arsenal. So as we bring this episode to a close, I want to thank you gentlemen for joining. Um, obviously, we'll do this again at some point in the season. I'll bring you guys back, obviously, just to have a recap on where your teams were at compared to now. And uh, I wish you guys all the best in the fantasy uh, season. Talk again soon. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for having me, brother. Right. Cheers, man. We'll talk again soon. Bye, right, guys. Cheers, man. Guys. Take care, guys. Best of luck.